Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen. Thank you so much, Sharon. Uh, she has a huge heart for missions. I can testify to that from our Country Woods days. She was a member at Country Woods and, uh, and is now with us here, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so, um, so I didn't get to preach last Sunday, uh, because, and that, that was okay. That was the plan, because we wanted to hear from those folks that uh, did their $100 investment. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we, we, I, I preached a sermon and, and talked about uh, the importance of showing the true love of God, and then gave, uh, gave folks, gave 10 people each $100 bill to go and invest that in kingdom. Get, they had 90 days to do that and then report back to the church. And so we heard those last week. So I didn't get to preach uh, last week. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about being up here today. And uh, I'm excited about getting to share with you what's on my heart. So this is the, uh, you know, this Sunday before Thanksgiving. And uh, it's my favorite time of the year. Um, my son told Vicki uh, yesterday, we were at the Mississippi State game, and, and he told, uh, we won one. <laughs> we won one. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so anyway, um, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry, Harvey. Sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I just uh, kind of got overwhelmed there. But uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, my son said to Vicky, I said, you know, Daddy just loses control starting at Thanksgiving. And I do, man. I just go nuts for the next time. Uh, so I'm going to try to. Try to be okay for the next month, but I'm, I'm probably not going to be okay. But, uh, but anyway, so this is Sunday before Thanksgiving, so we need to be thankful, right? So we need to be thankful. So the title of the message is very simply, So Thankful. So Thankful. And so we do this a lot this time of the year, and so I'm going to ask you, this is audience participation time right now. So I want you to turn to a couple of folks around you and finish this statement. I am so thankful for what just came to your mind, turn to somebody and tell them that, and let's just kind of share a little bit. Kind of, I am so thankful for. Let's get back and kind of get back to this. Thank y'all. Uh, lots of stuff got said across the room just then. You know, probably some folks said thankful for family, thankful for friends, maybe thankful for this church and stuff like that. So many reasons to be truly, truly thankful. So, so thankful. And uh, so I'm going to, uh, what I want to do today, and uh, what I'm going to attempt to do today is uh, most of y'all know that I was in I was at Ridgecrest for my week away, uh, not last week, but the week before. Something I do every year, take the first week of November, get away, go to Ridgecrest, North Carolina, outside of Black Mountain, North Carolina, and spend a week up there just kind of seeking the face of God, really, just doing a whole lot of praying and, uh, and, and just asking God for direction for our church and for my personal life and for my family's life, but really a lot for y'all and for our church. And then for sermons that I'm going to preach next year, 2024, God, would you give me the sermons, the direction we need to go with the messages for 2024. And that's what I do every year and try to, and the Lord's been faithful and he'll, he'll give them to me for the next year. 
And uh, so I'm thankful for that. But, but, but I told you last week I wanted to tell you about it. So I'm going to try to do that as well as mesh it into this short sermon that I want to give, to, give you today. So I guess today's going to be sort of a combination of personal testimony, personal experience, in addition to uh, some words from Scripture and a, and, and a short a few points I'm going to give you from some Scripture verses that we can think about today. So, um, so this whole experience for me over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, um, started uh, in the middle of the week when Will Lawrence and Mark Sanif and I went out to uh, I went out to Dallas, Texas, for a little short three-day conference on discipleship. I came home from that, got home from that on Friday night, then turned around on Saturday morning, rented a car, and headed to North Carolina. And so, um, so on Sunday, November the fifth, I think that was a Sunday, right? November the fifth, a Sunday. Wouldn't that be right? Two weeks, two weeks ago. So on Sunday, November the 5th, I woke up that morning. And you know, I've told you all before, and, and you've had this experience too, that sometimes you wake up and there's a, a song running through your mind. Anybody ever had that experience? You wake up and there's just kind of a song that's running through your mind. Um, and and, and I, that's, ha- that's happened to me a lot. <clears throat> but this time, I woke up two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, I woke up and there was a word that was on my mind. And that, so just hang on, I'm, uh, just a second, I'm going to... There was a word that was on my mind, and it's a word that I have, I can tell you, I'm 59 years old, and I promise you I have never used this word in a sentence. No, it's, it's not a cuss word or anything. I mean, it's nothing like that, but I promise I have never used this word in a sentence. And in fact, the truth of the matter is, I really wasn't even quite sure what the word meant when it hit my mind. And I guarantee you, it happened at 8.30, and I guarantee it's going to happen in here. That in just a second, not yet, but in just a second, I'm going to put the word up on the screen. Guarantee you that the vast majority of you, maybe nobody in here has ever used this word in a sentence. Seriously. I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. Probably never used this word in a sentence. Maybe haven't even heard of this word. And like I said, I don't know why it was on my mind. So take a look at this word. It is the word stultify. Has anybody ever used? How many of y'all don't know what that? Don't look at the definition. You don't know what that word means. Never heard that. So, uh, me neither. I mean, me neither. I'm surprised Andy Creel didn't know what it meant. I mean, I afraid Andy did, but, uh, but uh, you know, but I, I never used that word. Had no idea what it meant. And I wake up and that word. I mean, that's weird. I know I'm weird, but I mean, that's like, John, you have lost it, man. What'd you go do up in North Carolina? You know, I mean, there's some, anyway, you know, what you been doing up there? But, uh, but that was it. Stultify. And that's the definition of it. I had to look it up. So I immediately grabbed my phone and put it into my notes app on my phone so I could remember because it, it was so weird. And then got the definition. It's a verb, that call, and the word means to cause, to lose enthusiasm or initiative, especially as a result of a tedious and restrictive routine. I mean, again, so what? Why is this word just random? No, not randomly, but I, you know, just landing in my mind first thing in the morning two weeks ago today. 
So I've been thinking about that and kind of praying about that and asking the Lord if there was something that that meant. I went and found a couple other definitions of the word, just kind of get a better understanding of what it means. So just hang with me here for just a second. The word also means to, I should have put it up there because it's kind of wordy, so just hang on, try to listen real closely here. It, it means to render absurdly or completely futile or ineffectual. In other words, it means just that, that whatever you're doing is just absurd. Whatever you're doing is totally ineffective especially by degrading or frustrating means. In other words, it means the thing that you're doing is so absurd, you're so ineffective because you're so stinking frustrated. You kind of get a little bit more of an understanding. You just get, it's just something that you do, and you're just not making any progress, and you're so frustrated, and you're just, it just doesn't seem like you're being effective at all. And then here's another definition. It means to become ineffectual or to become impaired. Especially, again, through frustrating, stifling, or deadening conditions. It means that you, you're just not effective anymore. And you, again, you're so frustrated, you feel like life is just stifling you and holding you back. And life is just shutting you down. And you find yourself just stultified. You can't even do anything. And then it got, I started thinking about it. And then, and, and then I thought, how does this fit into this sermon today? Talking about being so thankful. Well, the truth of the matter is, I do not want in any way, shape, or form for this verb to describe my life. I don't want to be at a place where I lose enthusiasm, where I don't want to sing the praises of God. I don't, I don't want to be in a place where, where I lose the initiative and I don't want to serve the Lord, I, especially because I've gotten myself into some kind of tedious or restrictive routine. In other words, just going through the motions just to go through the motions. In other words, just coming to church just because that's what I do on Sunday morning. In other words, just singing here and mouthing the words of a song but not even thinking about what they mean. In other words, just kind of walking through life and not giving any thought to the Lord at all or anything like that or just getting into this tedious restrictive routine day after day after day when Jesus said I have come that you may have life and have it what more what abundantly so why in the world would we get stultified when Jesus says man I want to give you abundant life I don't want that to be true and I'm so thankful that that's not true of me and I'm so thankful that that's not true of you, but I don't ever want us to get to the place where that becomes true of us. That you and I would, this church would find itself futile and ineffective because we're so frustrated. That we would become impaired. We wouldn't be able to hear from God. We wouldn't be able to see the work of God. We wouldn't do anything to try to understand the Word of God. That we'd become impaired because we're so frustrated, because we're so stifled, because of the deadening conditions around us would keep us from being all that God wants us to be. That's why stultify, as crazy as that word sounds, is a word that we need to understand because, bro, we don't want to be there. And we don't want our church to be there. We don't ever want to get to a place where we are stultified, where we're just not listening to God, where we're not responding to God, where we're not willing to step out in faith with God. We don't want to be impaired. We don't, 
We don't want them to get to a place of frustration and stife. We just don't want that. And so the truth of the matter is, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to God today that by the truth of His Word, we do not have to be there. Amen? We do not have to be there. So, grab your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hope you got your Bible with you. If not, try to look on with somebody. If you got the Bible app, go to that. Try to uh, think about bringing your Bible. So important. It's just so I'm not beating it. I'm not busting at you. I'm just saying that I think it's really important. Uh, first, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Awesome verses. Stand up, please, and let's read these verses. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... That great high priest is Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Check this out. For we do not have a high priest. Still talking about Jesus. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then I love verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God, the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. May God bless the reading of those awesome verses. Let's pray together to help us, God, do these next few minutes, God, to hear from you, to respond in obedience, to say yes to you, Lord, to draw near to you. We need to, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. All right, so, so you see the direction I want to go with this. Um, So I told you I've been doing this, this Ridgecrest thing for several years. I did it when I was pastor at Country Woods for a few years, and I've done it. The years I've been here, I've been here all, be four years in March. And so go, I go off and do this thing, and I lay my sermons out for the next year, as I believe the Lord is leading me. So one year ago, one year ago, in 2022, I was sitting at a table outside Ridgecrest, North Carolina, a beautiful day, sun was shining, temperatures were cool. I was sitting out on a table outside beside the place where I was staying and stuff like that. I just started praying, and God, hey, help me with these sermons for the next year. So I started, I opened up my computer, opened up a Word document, type across the top, create a document, uh, preaching schedule 2023, put all the dates of the Sundays, all 52 Sundays of the year, down the side of the page, and then I just say, okay, God, what do I need to do in January? What do I need to do in February? What do I need to do in March? I'm just telling you all how your preacher does this thing. In case you ever wonder what we do, we do, we do work on more than just on Sunday. So anyway, but, uh, but and so when I, got to, when I got to November the 19th on my list, November the 19th of 2023, today, I put so thankful, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I need to preach about being thankful. There's a lot of stuff you can preach about being thankful in the Bible, and that's where the Lord led me for that day. So there, there's that. So hang on to that. So then this year, I get to Ridgecrest. And, and y'all know, most of y'all know, I, I journal a lot. I journal a lot. And I keep these journals, and, and uh, there's 42 pages of journal entries over the last week and a half from my time at Ridgecrest. I'm not trying to impress you or anything. I'm just telling you, kind of give you a snapshot of what was going on in my life that last week. 
And so uh, the first day that I was there, I got there on Sunday. I got there on Sunday, and uh, and then so Monday. Monday was my first full day. And so I normally I normally wake up at six o'clock. That's my time to get up. My my clock goes off at six o'clock. I get up, fix my coffee, have my quiet time, get my day started. Well, on uh, Monday, November the sixth, uh, and I always put the date when I have my quiet time, the date and the time. And on November the 6th, last Monday, I woke up at 4.30. Now, some of y'all probably are 4.30 people. I'm not. I'm a 6 o'clock guy. Uh, but, I'm, but I woke up at 4.30. And I thought, okay, I'm here for this week. Apparently, the Lord needs to get me up because he got a lot to tell me he's going to wake me up early. I better get on up and see what's up. And the first thing that he said to me, he took me to... Now, mind you, I, I wasn't looking at this sermon for today. I wasn't thinking about today. I was thinking about where I was and what was going on. And yet, that morning, first thing I have written in my journal for that day was Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may find, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And God said to me, you need to draw near to me. This week, you need to draw near. So those two words became my marching orders for the rest of the week. God, you want me to draw near. God, you want me to draw near. God, you want me to draw near. And so I began the week like that. Then, two days later, I was in my uh, Bible app. Y'all, a bunch of y'all are on Bible app and do the Bible app thing. And I was on my Bible app a couple of days later. And um, um, this is what was, no, it was the very next, I'm sorry, the very next morning. Six o'clock the next morning. The guided prayer section of, the, of that day on version was the last statement on the guided prayer section was, thank you for drawing near to me through this time. And thank you for what you're going to do next. So there was the draw near again. And so the Lord continued to say to me that you need to draw near. And then again, it came back to me again on uh, the, uh, the 9th of the later on in the week where he said again to me, you need to draw near. So all week long, it was draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near. And that's what my commitment was, was to draw near to the Lord, to hear from him all throughout the week. And so many of you started praying. I started getting tons and tons of texts. I, I, try not to, <laughs> I try not to get on, uh, you know, do the text thing. And when I'm away, you know, I'm trying to get uh, disconnect from everything. And yet my phone started getting blown up by all of you that were texting, saying, man, we're praying for you. And praying for you for all of these words. And, uh, the, the Lord gave me all of these words uh, in, in the hotel room at Marietta, Georgia, before I even got to Ridgecrest. God, that you would renew me, you'd restore me, you'd reteach me, you'd reconfirm me, you would reorient me, you'd refocus me, you'd refresh me, release me, revise me, revive me, reinvigorate me, reestablish me, reinforce me, rehab me, regroup me, restart me, return me, remind me, re-energize me, re-examine me, reposition me, refit me, realign me, rebuild me, rebalance me. And that's what the Lord did all week long as you began to pray. I will tell you this. If you prayed one of those words for me, if you wanted my email prayer warriors and you pulled one of those words out and you said, that's what I'm going to pray for my pastor this week, I can promise you God answered every one of your prayers. Every one of them by the end of that week. He did all of those things in me. He did all of those 24. He can't do it. Yes, he can. He's God. 
And he says, if you will draw near to me. So in addition to Hebrews 4.16, he gave me James chapter 4, verse 8, that says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's what God says. You draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He makes that promise to us and he just says to us, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And that's exactly what he did last week. That's exactly what he did. By the end of the week, I was sitting in this thing called the prayer garden there. And the little brook is running through the middle of a little creek. And it's, you know, it's this cool thing. And that morning, I'd gotten up and run out of my room about 5.30 to get up the mountain to go watch the sun uh, come up. And I locked myself out of my room that morning and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't, I mean, I, I got to see this beautiful. And God just drew me near. He just drew me near. And so what does that have to do with us, John? I'll tell you what it has to do with you. is the same thing that he did for me, he will do for you. That he will draw near to you if you will draw near to him. He promises to do that. And there's so many things for us to be thankful for. But when you look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16, let me give you these four points real quick. And I promise it's going to be quick. I'm just going to give them to you. And we're going to be through with this. Because I want you to understand the need for us to be thankful for this Jesus who invites us to draw near to Him. Today. You don't have to go to the mountains in North Carolina to do it. Some of you guys are going to be sitting on a deer stand sometime this week. Uh, if you're anything like me, that's some of your best time with the Lord, isn't it? And if you will draw near to Him on that deer stand, He will draw near to you. If you'll draw near to Him in your bedroom, He will draw near to you. If you'll draw near to Him on your front porch, your back porch, He will draw near to you. If you'll draw near to Him while you're driving down the road, He will draw near to you. Because He loves us so much. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. I'm so thankful for these things. Number one, I'm just so thankful for Jesus. Amen? Right, that, 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 you know, again, that would have been a great place. I kind of go, I kind of went fast. So I'm going to give you another chance there. I am so thankful for Jesus. Amen. I, I mean, that's not well to be able to say the amen for that. I'm so thankful for Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says we have this great high priest, and that is Jesus. He is our great high priest. Back in the Old Testament days, the, old, the high priest would go into the temple and he would make these sacrifices for the sins of the people and uh, 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 into the Holy of Holies and sacrifice these animals and pour out this blood for the, for the sins of the people. But I'm telling you, we have a great high priest who came, who came and sacrificed himself. Jesus sacrificed himself once for all to take care of our sin. And so we have this great high priest who it says there, who has passed through the heavens. Listen, he passed through the heavens coming down to us. Philippians chapter 2, he didn't he considered himself nothing, made him took the form of a servant, came down to us and spent time with us 33 years on earth. He came down through the heavens, he passed down through the heavens, he passed back up through the heavens when he ascended back to the right hand of the throne of the Father where he is right now interceding for you and me and he's doing that work and one day soon he's going to pass back down through the heavens and come back and get us. This is our high priest. This is Jesus. So we ought to be thankful for Jesus. I am so thankful for our great high priest, Jesus. And I hope you know him. I hope you have a personal relationship with him. I hope you've given your life to him. And if you have, I hope you're walking with him. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Secondly, I'm so thankful for our faith. I'm so thankful for our faith. Paul, the, the writer of Hebrews here said, let us hold fast our confession our confession, that means the things that we stand on. The NIV says, hold firmly to the faith that we possess. 
The New Living Translation, hold firmly to what you believe, to the truth that you believe. You hold firmly to that because I'm telling you, when everything else in this world is going crazy like it is and will continue to do, brother, sister, you better be holding on to your faith. And your faith needs to be getting deeper and deeper and deeper all the time. That's why I'm constantly saying to you and challenging you and encouraging you to get in the Word and stay in the Word. Go deeper in the Word. Don't be satisfied. Don't be satisfied with a little verse of the day kind of thing to get you through the day. That's wonderful. That's good. But don't stop there. You need your faith. You need to hold to this profession. Hold fast to your confession. I'm so thankful that our faith will not change. When I say our, not our faith can change, but our faith, our body of beliefs, our, our truth of God from the Word of God will not change. So I'm so thankful for our faith. I'm so thankful for His sympathy. Verse 15, you see that verse of Scripture is so cool that it says we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. I'm so thankful. That word sympathy, He sympathizes with us. That means he has compassion for us. Listen, you're sitting in here today and you're so knotted up with worry and anxiety and you came in here today hoping that you could get a little bit of a relief from all that's going on in your life right now. And yet right now you still got that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. You still feel tight in your shoulders and your neck. You lost sleep last night and afraid you're going to lose it again tonight. Can I tell you something? you got a high priest who is at the throne of God right now and sympathizes with that. He sympathizes with that. That word means he has compassion on you. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you because you're all anxious about stuff and you're concerned about stuff and you're battling through stuff. He's not. He's sympathetic. He has compassion for you. Even when you're struggling with temptation and sin. I mean, you're struggling with sin. You're tempted to do something you know you ain't supposed to do. Or say something you ain't supposed to say. Think something you ain't supposed to think. Now look, he doesn't want you to do those things. And he was tempted in those same, same ways. He just didn't sin. But he understands. He's got compassion for you and me. And if we will draw near to him even with our weaknesses, especially with our weaknesses, even with our temptations, especially with our temptations, we draw near to Him. We'll receive His compassion. And you know how we can do that? You know how we can draw near to Him? The last thing I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful for our confidence. Where verse 16 says then, let us then, let us then, what do you mean, let us then? In our weaknesses, back up to verse 15. Let us then, in our weaknesses, let us then, in our temptations, let us then, in our struggles, let us then, in our inadequacies, let us then, in our failures, let us then, in the times we've been beaten up and beaten down, let us then, let us then, with confidence, draw near. Draw near, draw near to the throne of grace. That means to come to Jesus. 
that we may receive mercy. Mercy is God not giving to us what we deserve. <laughs> that we may receive mercy and find grace. Find grace to help us in our time of need. So in your time of need today, you can draw near today with confidence to him. So last week during that time at Ridgecrest, it was, a, it was an intense week. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't a lot of rest. I, I was hoping it was going to be a week of rest. Normally it is. You go and you sit and just look at the mountains and you just breathe and rest. And oh man, this is glory. And it was. There just wasn't a lot of rest because it was so intense. So much going on. And yet God just said, you keep drawing near to me, John, I'll draw near to you. And the same thing that he said to me, he will say to you. So my friend, whatever you got, wherever you are, if you've never drawn near to God for the very first time and given your life to Christ, would you today please, would you today please draw near to him for the very first time? Come to Jesus and be saved. Let hell lose another one today because you come to Christ today and be saved. Draw near to him today for the very first time and give your life to Christ. And then for the rest of you that are like me, who battled with the worries and the anxieties and the struggles and the inadequacies and the failures and the, 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 the junk of life. Yes, I'm right in there with you with all of those things. Then today, bro, today, sister, come and draw near to him. And he's waiting to draw near to you. But can I tell you something? You got to take the first step. He's already taken the step through Christ. He's already sent Jesus. He's already sent the Holy Spirit. He has taken the first step. And now he's waiting for you to take the step today. To draw near to him. You can come back to this altar if you need to this morning. You need to come back down to this altar. Come on. You need me to pray with you? I'd be honored. I'd love to do that. But draw near today. And be so thankful that you can do that today. And he'll draw near to you. Let's pray. So, Father, I pray right now during these moments of invitation, Lord God, that you will show us the truth that you will draw near to us if we will draw near to you. God, that I pray somebody today will experience that, that they'll experience the truth, the reality, that they have they are taking that step, Lord, to draw near to you, and that, God, you are responding just like you promised that you will. You are responding by drawing near to them today. You're going to take care of them, Lord going to meet their needs. You're going to work in their lives. You're going to take care of them. For anybody today, Lord, that needs to draw near to you for the very first time, if that's you, you've never been saved, and right now, my friend, right now, please call out to the Lord Jesus. Draw near to him right now. Call out to him. Say to him, Jesus, I'm lost and I need to be saved. I'm drawing near to you and I'm asking you to save me today. Please come into my life. And thank you for saving me. Draw near to him if you need to be saved. Anybody else who needs to come and draw near, help us today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.